0: And I want to get into the New York Jets. And I know the Giants are the talk of the town right now here in New York because they just completely stink. But the Giants didn't play the worst team in the NFL yesterday. They didn't get crushed by the worst team in the NFL yesterday. And I've stuck up for Adam Gase for the last three weeks. I thought his play calling has been better. And what I saw yesterday, especially in the second half, I watched the defense play zone defense the the last three weeks, and they've played very, very well in the zone packages. Yesterday, not only did Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton eat the Jets' zone packages up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He not only embarrassed the secondary, and what secondary the Jets have is beyond me. Jamal Adams is probably not playing next week. Marcus May has been playing hurt for the last two weeks. And their secondary, their corners that have played well, they're no-name guys that no one's ever even heard of. They're still playing Tremaine Johnson. What, $20 million a year? they got to get rid of that contract. It's affecting the Jets. This is a guy that they overpaid for really one or two good seasons with the Rams. Two, really. And you look at this team right now. The offensive line was horrendous yesterday. Against a defense that is okay. Their front four is good, though. They're okay. And you think of Le'Veon Bell. I love what Le'Veon Bell is sticking up for the players. He's sticking up for the team. He's sticking up for what the Jets stand for. And he says that he's having one of his best seasons of his career. Are we blind here? Are we watching the same football games? For him to go up and talk to the press after the game, and even before the game, stating that he's having a great season, and he believes that this has been one of his best potential seasons that he has had in his seven or eight illustrious career as an NFL football player. He's blind. But what was great about the weekend was the transition of young quarterbacks that we saw. We saw Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Brian Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, who's he's fairly young. He's 29 years old, 30 years old. And we saw Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw the future Of where the NFL is heading. There's no more Drew Brees's, Tom Brady's Peyton Manning's Ben Roethlisberger's Eli Manning. There's no more of those veteran quarterbacks that we're seeing in the divisional series. And we're not going to see them in the NFC and AFC title game. That was the difference over the weekend that I saw where the growth of the NFL. We're seeing the new age of the quarterback. The running quarterback. They did shows All weekend, segments all weekend on the running quarterback with Randall Cunningham and Steve Young. And now you're seeing the transition of the mobile quarterback, the guys like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilsons and and, and Mahomes and the Deshaun Watsons and Lamar Jacksons. The future of the NFL is bright. I want to get into this Eli Manning segment. And I know a lot of fans, a lot of Giant fans, there's a love and hate relationship with Eli Manning. Eli Manning has won two Super Bowls. He's had two Super Bowl MVPs for the New York Giants. And one of the probable comebacks I've ever seen a quarterback have throughout the regular season go into the playoffs the way he did and win Super Bowls in 2007 and 2011 was absolutely remarkable. And one of the best runs I've ever seen a quarterback have in really a five-year span. But a lot of fans... Take shots at Eli because of what he's done and what he has not done in the last three or four years for the New York Giants organization. Eli Manning has not had an offensive line in front of him for over six or seven years. From the O'Hara's of the world and some of the great linemen he has had in front of him over the oh years. Oh, yeah, the 07 line was yes. great. David Deal, Rich Seibert, mm-hmm. Sean O'Hara, Chris Sneak, Reed McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Not much better than that. They haven't sniffed anything close to that. Not even then. close. And... Even looking at the wide receiving core that the the Giants have had over the last couple of years, and I know a lot of people are going to say Odell Beckham. He's a great wide receiver, one of the great wide receivers in the league right now. Odell Beckham has done nothing and has gone nowhere with the New York Giants. He went to one playoff game, and he got knocked out in the first round with the Green Bay Packers when Eli Manning had five passes to him, and he dropped three out of the five passes. You can't blame Eli Manning over the last couple of years of where the Giants have been with the, the Brown situation, the kicker. The coaching situation with this organization ever since they got rid of Tom Coughlin, who was one of the reasons why Eli Manning was there with the New York Giants in that organization. And you look at Eli's career, it's absolutely a Hall of Fame career. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, if you look at his career as a New York Giant, he's been a New York Giant quarterback for what? 14, 15 years. He's only made the playoffs six or seven out of the 14 years, and he won two Super Bowls. If you look at those two Super Bowls, that's all you have to look at with Eli Manning's career and where Eli Manning is going to be in the future as a Hall of Fame player. Sources came out that Mike McCarthy will sign With the Dallas Cowboys. He is going to take the vacancy job of the great Jerry Jones Dallas Cowboys. Now throughout our social media and really throughout our network, I've been hearing that this is a great move. He was the best qualified person for the job. And he's one of the quality coaches that were available in this offseason coaching vacancy positions the problem here is not that mike mccarthy isn't a good coach because i think he is and his numbers show that but numbers don't sell a coach especially a quarterback that doesn't fit the west coast offense the west coast offense provides quality passes and what i mean by quality passes is accurate passes you need to be able to throw almost every single pass in the west coast offense Because the West Coast offense is used by using running backs in the open field, moving them in different areas, moving wide receivers. Two or three wide receivers in the slant or the slot. You're using wide receivers in the middle of the field more than you do in a regular offense. Mike McCarthy is a part of one of the big creators of this offense. The way it was built and the way it was established here in the NFL. Him and Andy Reid. But I'll tell you right now. Do I think Mike McCarthy is the best coach for this job? Absolutely not. And now everybody says, well, he he was the best coach available. Just because you're the best coach available does not mean you're the best coach for that team. Dak Prescott is not an efficient passer. The... Dallas Cowboys don't have the weapons, really, to run this offense. I don't want to hear about Michael Gallup, because Michael Gallup's only been in the league for two years, and he had a decent year this year. He fell off in a lot of games. He disappeared right. in a lot of games. You cannot disappear in the West Coast offense. And I know a lot of people want to look at Dak Prescott's completion percentage this year. Well, he got he got better at his passes. That's because Ezekiel Elliott didn't run the ball as much as he usually does. Why? Because he missed the whole offseason workout. Now... When you think of the West Coast offense, you do not think of power backs. Now, Eddie Lacy was a power back in the Green Bay Packers offense. Was Eddie Lacy really successful with the Green Bay Packers? (laughs) He wasn't. Nobody that's ever come out of the West Coast offense was a successful power back. Power backs do not fit in the West Coast offense. So you look at Ezekiel Elliott, who just got paid $80 million and almost $45 to $50 million guaranteed, and you have him. For the next five, six years. How are you going to build your offense around a power back who is your best player? Who doesn't fit the scheme of your offense? How does that work? Yesterday, the New York Jets knocked off a really bad team. Now, they lost the first game of the season. And they didn't just lose that game. They got demolished in that game. And to me, what you saw in this game was a Jet team that was actually playing for the coach. Which is surprising. They were down by three points early in the fourth quarter, and they came back and they won the game. It went back and forth with Miami in this game. The Jets' defense held them to only seven field goals, which is an improvement before the (laughs) first game that they played. But what I saw yesterday was a quarterback that looked better. He threw one interception. It was a bad interception. But besides that, he looked good on the field. And you didn't see Le'Veon Bell, which to me shows me one thing. You can win without Le'Veon Bell. Now, I'm not saying that Le'Veon Bell isn't an explosive player one of the most explosive players that the Jets have had over the last 12 years. But right now where the Jets are at and where they're going to be next year, they don't need Le'Veon Bell. And to me, in the offseason, the number one thing they have to do is move Le'Veon Bell's contract. Because they need to start maneuvering this offensive line, this offensive line that even yesterday was horrendous. They were not protecting Sam in certain aspects of the game, especially in the third quarter. The Jets need to protect this kid. This kid needs to be on his feet at all times. And that is, right now, the woes for the New York Jets going into next year. It's not their defense, because if Greg Williams is still there, their defense will play better when C.J. Mosley comes back. Quinton Williams has another year under his belt and actually is playing more than 30% of the snaps. And we'll see what they draft in this year's draft. Yesterday, what I saw was a team that played for the coach and wants to play for this coach. Jamal Adams did not play in this game. This defense is a bunch of no-name players, practically. Besides Copeland and and Williams that was in and out of the game, and maybe Anderson and Marcus May, there's really nobody on this team that you probably know of. And Jenkins, who's no longer going to be a Jet after the season. Right now, where the Jets are at, they're rebuilding. They're a rebuilding team. And I know a lot of Jeff fans says we've been rebuilding for the last 25 years. What we're seeing right now is a team that has a quarterback. I believe they have the quarterback of the future for this organization. They have a very bad offensive line. They have a secondary that has a bunch of players that you barely even know. And they have a front seven that is injured. C.J. Mosley, Avery Williamson, Quinn Williams on and off the field. Leonard Williams is gone. This is a team that needs to rebuild. I watched the Giants yesterday play for their coach for the first time this year. Now, they didn't play a good team. They played the Redskins. But in the last couple of weeks, they've played very, very well. And Haskins has played very, very well in the last couple of weeks. But yesterday was Daniel Jones' day. And I'm going to tell you why it's Daniel Jones' day. Because Daniel Jones was only the third quarterback in NFL history in his rookie season to throw four touchdown passes in three games in his rookie season. This is the same guy that Giant fans were booing when they drafted him at number six. I understand they didn't draft Josh Allen, but a franchise quarterback is more important than a pass rusher. And what Daniel Jones has done this season, ever since he's taken over for Eli Manning, is show you promise. Now, he fumbled the ball again yesterday, which the Giants landed on the ball and protected the ball and kept it out of harm's way. And he's had problems, fumbling problems. I think he has 16 or 17 fumbles, and 10 of them were returned by the other team, the opposition. But what you saw yesterday is a young quarterback who's about 23, 24 years old that has shown you promise every single time he's stepped on the field. Now, I don't call him Danny Dimes. I don't want to give him any nicknames because he hasn't done anything yet to prove that he is Danny Dimes or he is a superstar quarterback in the making. What I saw yesterday was a kid his throws. Very accurately Throw inside and out of the pocket Ran the offense with expertise Is Pat Shermer the coach of the future For this organization? He's not He's probably getting fired at the end of the season But what we saw yesterday Was a quarterback that showed up to a game And actually played hard For not only the team Not only for the fans But for the organization